The Ponch Stevenson Show. PonchStevenson.com. Episode 112. Friday, October 10th, 2008. So this is The Ponch Stevenson Show. PonchStevenson.com. I am Rob. You are Greg. Yeah. Well, I went to the closing night of the musical Hair in Central Park. Mm. September 14th. And there was a party afterwards. And, well, first of all, I got there and my friends and I got the tickets and we're waiting in line to go in. And, uh, this old guy kind of just is walking by and he bumps into me. Yeah. And I, I just, out of the corner of my eye, I see him. It's like, oh, who's this old guy walking by? And he's like, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, just mumbling. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's, it, it's fine. No problem. Because, yeah, it's New York City. It's crowded. People bump into each other. And then a couple seconds later, I looked over. and was like, eh, let me see what this guy looks like. And I glance over and I'm like, wait a minute. That's Louis Black. Ah, the comedian. Wait, so when you sent me the text message that night that said, I read, I just bumped into Lewis Black, you literally bumped into him. <laughs> well, he bumped into me. Whatever. <laughs> literally, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Where are you going? Watch where you're going. So, so then afterwards, there was this party, and we went yeah. backstage, and, um, and he was there. Ah. And like, oh man, that's Lewis Black. It's so cool. So we walked up to him and I was like, hey, Lewis Black, I I see you on TV. I see your your uh, comedy specials and movies and stuff like that. Said, oh, Thank thanks, you. thanks, thanks. So then I said, would it be because uh, his whole thing is that he's this very angry, annoyed comedian. Yeah. That's his act. He's always complaining and angry about something. Pointing his fingers. Yeah, so I didn't want to make him angry. <laughs> so I'm trying to ask if I could take a picture. I'm like, God, is, is it okay? I don't want to bother you. It's, yeah, it's fine. I like it. I like when people ask me to take pictures. And <laughs> so he, he was really nice. Ah. So he took the picture. And then... I said, man, it's it's so weird. How come you're so nice? I, I thought you'd be really angry and yelling at me. And then he said, no, no, I I like people. I like this kind of thing. I, I get angry at authority. I hate authority. Yes. So that was cool. So another celebrity sighting. Yes. Yes, that's a good one. Now you're going to put the picture of that up there or what? Yeah, I was making kind of a goofy face on purpose. Ah, but, too bad. But yeah, I'll put it up there. Too bad. It's another one in our column. Lewis Black. Yes. Owen Stevenson show. Now, wait a minute. You couldn't get him to do like a, a teaser for us? <laughs> like I said, I, did, I, I didn't want him to start yelling at me in the middle of the play. No, but it's exactly what you want. <laughs> <laughs> you people always bothering me. You can say, oh, I do a podcast. Did you tell them you did a podcast? <laughs> I, I didn't even bother. Ugh. 
Yeah, like he's really gonna come on the show. <laughs> Louis Black. <laughs> well, didn't you go to another Juliana Hatfield show? Yes. Yes. Thanks for reminding me. Um, I didn't see any pictures of you with her. I know. This was um this was a few days before. This was Friday, September twelfth. Yeah. She just came out with a new CD recently. We mentioned this on the show a few times. And she had some advanced copies of her book coming out. Which I have right here. It's called When I Grow Up. Uh, her memoir of just playing at all these different places and everything. So Friday, September 12th, she was in Manhattan playing at the Bowery Ballroom. I went to see her. And the opening act was horrible. I couldn't stand them. They put me to sleep. They were terrible. Uh, this band called Hayden. Awful. I'd never even Hayden, heard of them. Hayden, I, hey, Hayden. Hey, Hayden. I, uh, what, you know, uh, I don't know where Jobber is, and he's got the playbook, and I lost the playbook, Hayden, and uh, what are we going to do? And, uh, I don't have know. Have I lost you? Yeah. Coach. Coach, Craig T. Nelson, Hayden Fox. Well, I think anything... Jerry Van Dyke. It must be anything with the name Hayden in it stinks. Uh, oh, Hayden Christensen. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, and then she came on. It was a good show. She had a good band with her. Um, the guitar player was really good and everything. So, afterwards, several of us were waiting downstairs... And we got copies of the book, which wasn't out. It's it's not going to be out for another week, I think. Yeah. Um. So that was cool. And then we were just waiting around, see if she comes out and talk to her and sign the books and CDs and stuff like that. Mm. And so about 45 minutes later. <laughs> Wait, you're waiting there for 45 <laughs> minutes? Yeah. You doofus. And the crowd of people, which wasn't that big to begin with. That yeah. that waited for her after the show dwindled down and down until there were about five of us left. And, and I'd just she... like to interject. You had asked me to come to this thing. Yeah. Can you imagine what state I would have been in at that point? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I would have been back. Continue. Um. <laughs> and then so she finally came. She finally showed up. Yeah. She finally came out from the dressing room or whatever backstage. And then and people were just getting, you know, she was signing stuff. So then I, it was my turn. So I walked up to her and I know that she's, she's pretty shy and she's not the most warm person. And I, I know this and I know that she knows this and she, she thinks that she's trying to be, to be friendly and she's trying to to put on a smile and greet the fans and everything but it just doesn't work <laughs> and she comes across as just as being kind of cold and not in the mood to talk <laughs> or not in the mood to socialize kind of in a bad mood she's like William Shatner <laughs> maybe so so it's my turn she's like hey and I said, hey, is that, that was a good show, and can you sign my copy of your book, and can you sign the CD? And Yeah, okay. 
like, okay, well, thanks a lot. And, and oh, by the way, um, do you read your MySpace messages or does someone else read them? And she said, uh, sometimes I read them. Sometimes someone else reads them. Why? And I said, oh, because I I sent you a few messages. Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) I sent you a few messages. My friend and I do a podcast. No, you didn't. (laughs) And we talk about music and TV shows and all these things. And we've had celebrities on, Ted Danson, Ed Bakley Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Or bigger celebrities than her. Yeah. Ed Danson. Yeah, and uh, you know, Jonald Reyes and all these people. <laughs> you did not say Jonald. <laughs> we, had, we had Scott C. Clements on the show. Yes. And Esteban. Frank Nora. Yeah, Frank Nora from the Overnight Scape. And so, you know, we I, I'm a big fan. I, I Obviously, I've come to your concert. I want your autograph. So, um you didn't say all this. You're lying. No, 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 no. I did. I did. Oh, and, and, and she's just looking more angry by the second. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm wasting. She's like, you know, I, and again, maybe she thinks she's looking very friendly and maybe she thinks <laughs> she's looking very sociable. But to me, she looked like she was getting very angry. Wait, can I, can I ask one thing? <laughs> this line of people that were waiting, were you like the last person? Yeah, I was one of the last people. All right, all right. Um, so I said, yeah. So it was, you know, it would be great if you if you would come on. It wouldn't have to take up too much time. We could talk about uh, you, the album, and all that. And and I gave her the little business cards we printed oh. up, and, and she said she would check it out and get back to me, but she hasn't. <laughs> and <laughs> well, I even now she's definitely not if you. Well, and and even the next day, I sent her a MySpace message and I said, hey, it's me, Rob, from the show. Thanks again for the great show and the book and everything. And and, uh, just, you know, again, we we would love to have you on the podcast. And if, if you could just set aside 20 minutes, that would be great. Let me know. Nothing. So I, I don't know what more I can do to make this happen. And come on, what the heck? Twenty minutes? You can't spare twenty minutes? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? But, uh, no, but you gotta remember these, these a lot of these you know, the people that they probably don't even use the internet that much. Plus, she writes uh, blogs on MySpace, and she yeah, does but th- you you can't expect them to. Hey, you can't expect them to be using like Skype or something like that. No, I know. I wrote to her. I said, if you have a computer with a high speed internet connection and a microphone, I said, we could do it that way. Or, or if, if all that just sounds way too complicated, we can just do it over the phone. Oh, well then that, they hear that and then forget it. Why? What's wrong with that? Uh, They don't want to give you your, their phone number. We're professionals. <laughs> yeah, right. What are we gonna prank call her all the time? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to the Punch Stevenson Show. You know, I'm still trying to find these pictures. 
Of what? They're from this motorsport doc. Don't even <laughs> uh, just give up. Eh. We actually had another celebrity sighting after the Regis and Kelly show. Oh, yeah, at the deli. Yeah, well, you tell it while I'm looking for these stupid pictures. I don't remember who it was. Yes, you do. That woman? Yes. Yeah, who was she? You said who she was. You're asking me? <laughs> Your mom said who she was. Oh. <laughs> it was Cokie Roberts. Oh, Cookie Roberts. Cokie. Cokie, whatever. I don't even know who she is. She's on like ABC, uh, uh, Nightline. Remember the Nightline with Ted Kaplan? <laughs> yeah. And uh, some other ABC stuff, ABC News, whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you were going to go up and like pester and I, I wouldn't let you. <laughs> I know. Why not? Because I, I, that's somebody like I really could, I really could care less about. Yeah, exactly. So we should have bothered. Eh, nah. nah. Cokie Roberts, come on. <laughs> if it had been like Sam Champion, different. <laughs> Sam Champion. We could have gotten his AccuWeather forecast. Who's the guy? Was Sam Donaldson? Yes, Sam Donaldson. He has those weird squinty eyes. Is that home yeah, thinking of? Yeah, well, he has those ridiculously bushy eyebrows and the horrible toupee. Yeah. yeah he's he looks weird like looking. something from the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. I am fan, and he's on the show with Cokie Roberts usually. Oh, you know, really? Sometime, yeah, ABC News, uh, you know, 2020 with Bob Walters. Yeah. I am fan Donaldson. And he, Sam Donaldson would give these reports and he would just start like getting all mad and yelling at everybody and very strange. Jeez. And uh, he was actually, he was portrayed often on Saturday Night Live by uh, Kevin Nealon. Yeah. Who you say is not funny. No, 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 no. Wait, I didn't I said he's a bad actor. Isn't that the same thing? <clears throat> kind of. Uh, For some reason, he's not funny in movies. Oh. Actually, I'm reading about Sam Donaldson on Wikipedia. Sam Donaldson? It says on August 2nd, 2006, uh, during the last White House press conference in the briefing room just before undergoing major renovations... Sam Donaldson asked George Bush, should Mel Gibson be forgiven? <laughs> and uh, it says George Bush looked up to ask to, to see who asked the question. And he saw that it was Sam Donaldson. And he said, yeah. aren't you a has been? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And <laughs> he is just useless, <laughs> Bush. That I, I don't answer questions from has been. I don't think I, I don't. I don't answer questions from has been. Uh, the President Bush. Uh, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> Should Mel Gibson be uh, forgiven? Should Mel Gibson be forgiven? Well, well, well let uh, me tell you. Hish, hish, aren't you a has been? Hish, hish, hish. 
awful. <laughs> Weird. God. Let me see. About three and a half more months, and this idiot is finally out of there. Well. And, and, then, and then maybe another idiot uh, takes his place. Nah, we'll nah. see. Oh, boy. Oof. And then maybe and, that idiot will die, and then an even uh, worse idiot will take no, his place. No! No! Oh. I hope not. Uh, I hope not. I can see Russia from my house. <laughs> Stupid. Let me tell you about what we're going to do in this government. Oh my god. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just, no, it's, it's not right. Anything else? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what? I'm going on and on about nonsense here. I thought we were going to keep it short this time. Oh, well, no. All right, what else? The Angry Video Game Nerd. Yes. You know him? Remember we him? We met him. Yes. Um, so I was looking. His his website is now cinemassacre.com. I guess it there. always was. But... Um, I'm going he's there right a, now. Yeah, he's doing like a blog now. Uh, he's been doing it for the last couple of months. And one of the cool things that I saw in there was he, I guess he went out, he went to uh, California vacation. And he he and his friend were, were visiting like movie locations from like Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. And a few other like movies. Mm-hmm. Was it the and, Twin Pine Mall or something? Yeah, like that? it was cool. He was in the same spot where all the Back to the Future stuff was. He went to the Batman show. Um, you know, a lot of different things. He was at Universal Studios. Yeah. Uh, really cool stuff. Stuff that I would like to do. And of course, it only it, it immediately begs the question: Why didn't you do any of this stuff? Uh, because you know my movie knowledge is not oh, as good funny. as his movie knowledge. Oh, man. Let me tell I, I think Harrison Ford could have been walking down the street <laughs> in front of you and you wouldn't even know it was him. No, I got the picture with his, uh, with his footprints and handprints. I actually have a picture with his wax statue. Where was that? Las Vegas. Oh. Where? The casino said, hey, Madame, Madame Tussauds, uh, Wax Museum thing in there or something. I think it was free. Unlike the one in New York, which is like $30. Horrible. See, I don't um, know. I'm, I'm looking at this blog post. Yeah. And he has photos. And then he has a screenshot from the movie. And it's like, you know, here's my photo and here's the shot from the movie. See, they look the same. Yeah. But how did he know where all of the where all these things exactly were? I'm sure there's websites that have it. I'm positive. There's actually a pretty there's actually a pretty good Back to the Future uh, um, fan base on the web. Uh, the actual the website that I use a lot is. Uh, hang on there. Well, this new blog uh, entry that he wrote was shots from the movie It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. 
Yeah, Spencer Tracy. So he did that one, and then he did, like you said, Back to the Future. So this is crazy that he found all these. Well, I mean, it's and it's not it's, even locations like, hey, we're at uh, Venice Beach where this was yeah. shot. Or it's like nah. we're at this uh, right. this part of the highway where this rock is. <laughs> how, how did he find that? Uh, this stuff is all known. There's there's like this that rock formation out but of it, there's something called Vasquez Rocks. Yeah, like out in the desert out there where a lot of stuff is. And that was like the Star Trek. It's like a big thing for Star Trek fans to go there. So this stuff is all out there. Hmm. You know, it's it's all documented. In fact, that the the Back to the Future site is bttf.com. That is the number one fan site. It's a really unbelievably well done site uh, for Back to the Future. They have merchandise, all kinds of stuff on there. They, um, you know, that kind of stuff. In fact. Uh, a friend of ours from high school, Rich, uh, had told me about he's told Kenner? Me several times. No, <laughs> um, he's told me several times about the uh, uh, Ghostbusters shooting locations in New York. And I have to find there's a website that actually like says it because me and you one day we got to go to them. You know, you can go to the the firehouse, the New York Public Library, whatever. Hmm. Well, we should take him with us. Yeah, I don't think I want to go, but I think well, we the, should get him on the show. <laughs> well, I, I never heard back from him. Another guy. But uh, yeah, I think the only thing you can't see is the the inside of the hotel from the Ghostbusters uh, where, you know, where the Slimer showed up is, is actually uh, a hotel in Los Angeles. So you can't see that. Yeah. But the other stuff you can see. So, uh, yeah, that, um, what else happened? Oh, you know what time it is. It's time for another Dush update. Ah. Eliza Dushku. It's been a while. Boys, I think that you have a better chance of seeing God than seeing Eliza Dushku. Yeah, so, uh, the Dush, uh, competed at Malibu Triathlon. You know, you jump in the water, you swim, you get out, you pedal on the bicycle, then you run, something like that. Is there any I shooting? Just, no, that's the uh, decathlon. <laughs> no, actually, no, I don't think that is the decathlon. That's Yeah, it is. I don't know what that is. It is. It is. The biathlon. No, the biathlon would be two. I know, skiing and shooting. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway. Um, yeah, so she was in that. I think she finished third. I'm not even sure. Um, well, that's good. Yes, it was It was uh, very good. Very, very, very good to see. Um, Dush can... The Dush swimming actually was riding a, a bike pretty quick. A very expensive-looking bike. So, by comparison, the Dush, I myself did some kind of triathlon. Really? This year. And sort of. Quasi. I uh, I went to the beach this year. I was there with you. I attempted to swim <laughs> and was nearly drowned about 40 times by ridiculous waves. It was foggy that day. It was absurd. Then I, I went a couple it. of weeks later with my cousin, my uncle, and all them. And we went in the water. And 
pitcher clear day, very little wind, the water was killing us again. So I was almost drowned another time. And of course, you know, I don't even know if I get on the show. I did a 70 mile bike ride, bicycle ride on the weekend of Memorial Day from all the way up here to all the way down the New Jersey shore. And I've done running here and there. So when you put it all together, it's a triathlon. Well, a spread out triathlon. Yeah, so kind of you know, quasi put it together. It is a triathlon, damn it. <laughs> all right. Close enough. Yes. Uh, so there's that. All right. So I sent you this link uh, a while, a few weeks ago, but uh, it's a really good website that I found uh, pertaining to the Commodore 64 computer video game system from the 80s. Yeah. Remember that? And it's called Lemon64.com. And it, I mean, it's an incredible website that, because I mean, you know, Commodore had like, you know, between official and quasi official games, like 4,000 games. And they've got tons of games on there. Um, they have screenshots, uh, scans of the boxes and the cartridges, or if it's a disc and, and all that. And it, it's just amazing to me how many games were released on the Commodore, particularly like the licenses of like really bad licenses that, that no other system would even bother with. Yeah. Just, just unbelievable. And and a lot that never had a video game for any other system, like the Thundercats or the Transformers, you know, back then, and ALF and, and different things. Um, oh, wait, there was an ALF Sega Master yes, System game. Yes, I know. Very bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Commodore 64, and they also have a lot of the, the game music where you can load the game music and listen to it. And I sent you the link that was the link to the Transformers music, which is kind of cool. It's like really cruddy, like MIDI Transformers, you know. Yeah. yeah. The weird thing is, some people uh, really praise the Commodore 64 for having awesome music. Yeah. And I never had a Commodore 64 growing up. No one I knew had one. I never played one. But the few video clips and audio clips that I've experienced of Commodore 64 games, the audio has been horrible. I don't get it. What's all the praise? I I don't know. I don't know. You know, there's you have you have people who are ridiculously biased. <laughs> Certain video game systems or computer gaming systems or something from from those days, and and you just you know you just scratch your head like <laughs> I don't know what the big deal is. Well, this you know, says it, that. Since March 28th of this year, 2008, Commodore 64 games have been available 
for download on the Wii Virtual Console in Europe. Eh. Not in America. I wonder why. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, yeah why dead. not? It's the darn Jack Tramiel again. Is he dead? <laughs> it's got to be dead. <laughs> well, someone probably murdered him. <laughs> oh, what an, what an absolute moron that guy was. But but anyway, the one game I was just going to point out that I was just shocked that they made this game in the common. And I know in the past we've complained about the Simpsons games. Oh, boy. How maybe until recently, the the Simpsons games on every single system have been awful. I mean, they all stink. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, the older ones. Yeah. Even the, some of the newer ones. <laughs> you know, it, it, for the like the newer systems, every Simpsons game was there was a Simpsons wrestling, a Simpsons racing. Yeah, it was never a Simpsons game. I know. I never even knew this. You remember the old Konami Simpsons four-player arcade game? Yeah, yeah. You know that we love. Great game, which was never released uh, on a home version. It's on Commodore sixty-four. Really. Yes. That's weird. I mean, it looks horrible, but... <laughs> Are you looking at it right now? Yes, I'm looking at it right now. Can you send me the link? Go to Lemon64... It, I can't even get a link from it. Go to Lemon64.com. Okay. Because it, it uses frames, so mm-hmm. I don't even know what the link is. All right, I'm here. Right. Game search. Click, click games, and then just put The Simpsons. Here we go. Wow. I know. I was always surprised that this was never released on the Super Nintendo. I mean, I think, you know what it was? I think Acclaim had the home rights and Konami had the arcade rights. Damn Acclaim. They were horrible. How many, how was it that Acclaim kept getting all of these movie and television licenses? I don't know, and and, and the games were always garbage. Well, yeah, <laughs> all of their games were bad. Though. I mean, it was. But yet, but these companies kept licensing their characters to I them. Don't under that's basically what it was. It was just we're going to put this 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 <laughs> licensed character on there, and you idiots are going to buy it. And that's basically what it was. It didn't make sense because. It, we would look in Nintendo Power or EGM or Man. whatever magazine. We'd be like, oh, cool. Look, there's a, a Spider-Man game coming out. There, there's an X-Men game. There's Back to Man. the Future. Rambo. And then, yeah, Rambo. And, uh, oh, it's a claim. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, they always or, got the cool stuff and it stunk. Or even worse, I believe was a, LGN was the same company as them, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and and of course LGN had LJN had a lot of those licenses also, and ruined them. It was very uh, it was very frustrating as a child. It, it was indeed. Uh, yeah. So and then the other another link I, I, I found in my travels. Um, I don't know if you'd ever want to be looking for an old board game or information on an old board game. Maybe. Okay, but there's a there's a website called BoardGameGeek.com, which has an unbelievable <laughs> board games you can look for. 
and it has a lot of information on them, you know, pictures and everything. I was I was actually surprised by it. Very surprised. I'm going to type in mousetrap. I knew you were going to look for that. <laughs> <laughs> this is mousetrap, 1963. But it's the same one. It's no, the I same. typed it in and got nothing. It's two words. Oh. So Milton Bradley had been ripping children off since 1963 with this useless, broken game. We weren't the only generation. Ridiculous. So you know how in episode 110, we read the email from our listener, Paul Chang? Yeah. In St. Louis. So he wrote back. And he said, I listened to episode 110. Am I the only one who's finished the Paunch Stevenson show marathon that you know of? Um, After I hit the episodes that were 24 minutes long, it didn't take very long to finish. I would like to be a guest on the show. When do you guys usually record? I will be doing a lot of traveling during the next two months. So maybe a weekend that I'm home will coincide with a weekend you guys record. So we'll we'll definitely set something up and get him on the show. But then he wrote, I'll have to spend some time thinking of some 1980s pop culture that I've subconsciously repressed. I'm not sure what episode it was, but the episode about the toys from the 1980s brought back some horrible memories. Mousetrap was a game that I never wanted to think about again. Uh, I'm glad to know I wasn't the only one who never got it to work properly. You know, you know, the other annoying thing about Mousetrap was there was there was one piece. I don't remember what it did, but there was one piece that was very easily broken or lost. And if you lost or broke it, the game became useless. Well, even more useless than it already was. Right. So, you know, the other one I just looked up was Axis and Allies. Oh, yeah. And the thing I always remember about Axis and Allies was that it it was without a doubt the biggest box of a game, of a board game in all of the Toys R Us. So I was always, like, drawn to this thing. Like, wow, look at the size of a box on this thing. (laughs) Why was it so large? (sighs) What, are you kidding me? There was nine million things in it. Jeez. It had like a billion different uh, game pieces. It was a disaster. The board game, the the piece of it. Remember how Risk would have like the whole, uh, the like the map of the world on it. Mm-hmm. The map from Axis and Allies was like six feet long. Where are you supposed to play it? I don't know. Sit on the floor. Yeah, it was a mess. Yeah, so boardgamegeek.com. Very, very good website. Like that. And yeah, uh, my last cool. website plug of the episode is uh, something I also found called handheldmuseum.com. Let me go to that. Yeah, it's the Handheld Games Museum, and it has listed by um, wow. manufacturer all kinds of portable game systems and... Uh, the, uh, and a lot of the old, you know, like LCD games, you know, like Tiger and Tandy yeah. and all the old LCD games. And, and I was again, I was shocked and, and pleasantly surprised that someone had 
is actually uh, um, cataloging this kind of thing. Well, let me type in the search box. I'm going to type in blip. What was that? I don't know. I remember there was an old handheld, electronic handheld game in the 1970s. It was LEDs, and it was it was like a, <laughs> a, a basically a Pong clone. Uh. See if oh, while you're that. doing that, I'm gonna look. I actually looked up the other day. Uh, remember, I had that that baseball game that was like this gigantic thing that looked like a baseball stadium, and it was two player, and the screen on it was like minuscule, and it talked. It was uh, talking baseball. I think Tiger made it. Yeah, and they had other talking ones too. And <laughs> oh my god, and this stupid game. Welcome to the baseball game. Be- oh, no, beautiful day for a ball game between the Titans and the Jammers. The Jammers team leads off. <laughs> was it this? a recording of a voice or was it a computerized, synthesized voice? You know what I mean? I, I mean, the voice was so rough. How uh, could you even tell? That's true. <laughs> You know, and then and in the you throw the pitch and, and the sound would be like, like what what what? Wow. Yeah, it was waste a lot of time playing that game because that was like, you know, when we were in, we were in elementary school, you couldn't bring in a Nintendo. You know, if you wanted to like play something at lunch or something like that. And, you know, they were so strict. Yeah, you can't use this. You can't bring that. And, you know, nobody nobody was going to bring a, their Game Boy in. Because it, at some point it would, it would get thrown out the window onto the street. Yeah. Like one of us. But um, I used to, used to bring a lot of those, like, those handheld games. And that one was two-player. And we'd just be playing it constantly. Ugh. Here's one I used to bring in to lunch. I just sent you the link to it. H2H Basketball. Yeah, it's uh, Coleco Head-to-Head Basketball. And this was It was released originally in 1979, but I had gotten it at some point in the early, uh, mid-1980s. They were still selling it. it was this still doesn't even have a screen. What is this nonsense? Well, there were drawings of basketball players on the screen and there were little red LEDs that would light up just just little dots of where the ball which which player had the ball and then you press a button to shoot it no this was this was before Game Boy this was before the Atari Lynx yeah I know but they also like they had LCD screens at this point not in 1979 (laughs) you said you bought it after that well, someone gave it to me as a present. It was still uh, being sold. Uh, God, I would rather have had a pair of underwear from them. Well, and then, and and I sent Socks. you this. I sent you the link to the Tommy Blip game. Yeah, and it was just basically a Pong clone, and then the timer was analog. You twist the dial, and it clicks down. You know, like a like a like an old timer. Right. And there's all these switches on it and stuff, but. Again, 1977. This, this was this was like the the Game Boy of 1977. 
This was very futuristic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so th this website, this website just has a ton of stuff. Yeah, this is cool. So uh, yeah, and then there's uh, like I said, uh, one celebrity death uh, this week. The guy from Pink Floyd. Uh, yeah, uh, Richard Wright. That's right. The uh, keyboardist, uh, founding member of Pink Floyd, uh, 65. Now, was he in the band up until this point? Uh, he was in the band from the beginning until uh, uh, until the wall. He was in the, I think he was on the wall album. Not sure. Which, I, what was that, 19, was that 82? Uh, 79. 79. The movie, I think, was 82. Yeah, but there was another. There was another album they put out in '82. I forget which one that was. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so he was with them for about till then, and they kicked him out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and they, I don't know. I don't know why they they kicked him out, and then uh, I think Roger Waters lasted a couple more years with them, and then he, you know, he left. And so David Gilmore Floyd, kicked everyone out. Yeah, it was essentially David Gilmore and his people in the late 80s and early 90s, and he proceeded to put together some of the worst music I've ever heard. I know. It was you weird know, because I he think, wasn't even an original member. Uh, no, no, I, I know. He, yeah, he, But he was, he was original in the sense that, you know, he was with the band when they, when they made their, the stuff that everybody knows. <laughs> You know, like the the pre uh, David Gilmore was actually he was like a guitarist on some of the early stuff too when they still had Sid Barrett. Oh yeah. But the Sid Barrett stuff is I can't even listen to it. I know there's people out there that well, they just go well, on wait. and on about it. Some of the stuff was normal poppy music, and then some of it was just nonsense. Just noise. Yeah. Noise with a guy ranting and raving. Yeah. I literally. I it, it was literally noise. <laughs> it, it, that stunk, and the stuff after Roger Waters left was just awful. <laughs> and the reason I know this is not that I ever would seek this out, was I, when I bought, I think I talked about this on the show, when I bought the, it's like a two-disc CD, like, you know, Echoes, Best of Pink Floyd. And they threw all this late, this post Roger Waters garbage on there and wasted tracks with that junk <laughs> and the Sid Barrett stuff. <laughs> so it's like you got this, this, this best of CD, which, you know, has like two thirds really great songs. And then the rest of it is like, oh, can't even listen to this. Yeah. Like the Rolling Stones do this a lot. And everybody does this. They also they put out a best of album, and you know it was a CD. They did this like in the '90s a lot. You know, maybe it's like 12 songs, and then there's the two, the last two tracks are new stuff, and the new stuff almost always stinks. Of course, only the only band that could make it work with good songs that are new is my favorite band of all time, and you know who it is. Huey Lewis in the news. Yes. <laughs> Aren't you a hash bin? Hash, hash, 